Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. Lord willing, our intention is to go verse by verse and chapter by chapter through the entire Bible. Here to continue that journey is our Bible teacher here at Into the Word, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Hope you have your Bible open in front of you today to Daniel chapter 12. With this chapter, the narratives and the visions of Daniel come to an end. Daniel has been told that God has a plan for the future. Despite all appearances to the contrary, God is large and in charge. He knows how to prepare and purify his people. He knows how to preserve and to promote his people in a time of great wickedness. He raises up one and he casts down another. He works all things towards the accomplishment of his will and purpose. The final vision in chapters 10 to 12 has been speaking to that very point. Daniel has been told that God has more in store for his people than just the Babylonian exile. They will come back from that, but there will be more difficulties still to come. They will be caught between the ebb and flow of wicked power. They will be shaken and trodden upon, and God will be with them through it all. And in the end, all of his people will be gathered and they will be brought into their reward. That is the theme and fitting climax of this chapter. Hear now the word of the Lord, beginning at verse 1. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never been before since there was a nation till that time. Now, once again, we need to remember here that we are at the frayed ends of this apocalyptic vision. We, we are at the point where near history and far history seem to be impossibly intertwined. Many of the commentators make that exact point. Tremper Longman III, for example, says that we are still dealing with a conflation of Antiochus and the greater terror that follows in the future. Joyce Baldwin refers to this as prophetic telescoping. We're seeing two historical events in fixed relation through a single prophetic light. The climactic time of trouble in the days of Antiochus IV Epiphanes establishes a lens and a pattern by which we anticipate the great tribulation still to come. The text goes on to say, But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. This is considered by many to be one of the most remarkable paragraphs in the entire Old Testament. W. Sibley Towner, in his commentary on Daniel, exclaims, There it is, the first and only unambiguous reference to the double resurrection of the dead in the entire Old Testament. Now, there are other hints and indications, surely, but as Towner says, this is the first and only unambiguous reference 
reference to the double resurrection of the dead in the Old Testament, some to everlasting happiness and some to everlasting contempt, but everyone to something. Verse 2 says that many shall awake, but almost all Old Testament scholars agree that the Hebrew word translated here as many generally means all. So Joyce Baldwin, for example, says the use of the word many in Hebrew is not quite parallel with its use in English. Hebrew, rabbi'im, many, tends to mean all, as in Deuteronomy 7.1, Isaiah 2, verse 2, where all nations becomes many peoples in the parallel verse 3. And in Isaiah 52, 14, 15, chapter 53, 11, and 12, where this key word occurs no fewer than five times with an inclusive significance. All right, so Daniel is being told that in the end, God shows up and he wipes all evil and all causes of evil off the board such that the righteous will shine in the kingdom of their father forever. Jesus repeats this teaching nearly word for word in Matthew 13. In Matthew 13, verses 40 to 43, he says, Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all law breakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Old Testament and New, the Bible promises that evil does not finally win the day. God has a plan, and God has a day, and on that day, all evil will be fully and finally thrown down, and the lowly, the righteous, and the faithful shall be finally and entirely raised up. The dead will rise, and they will be gloriously and marvelously changed, and they will shine like the stars in the heavens. Thanks be to God text goes on to say in verse 4, but you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Money, Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Now, the idea of sealing here means to write down and keep safe. It doesn't mean that no one will understand this prophecy until the time of the end. Obviously, Jesus understood it very well 2,000 years ago, and many other people have understood it and treasured it as well. The line about running to and fro and knowledge increasing, it's very hard to translate. It's hard to understand. Uh, Tremper Longman III says that the sense of it is that people will scurry about desperately trying to find knowledge in their own power, but will fail in the attempt, close quote. We jump back into the text at verse 5. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold... Two others stood, one on this bank of the stream and one on that bank of the stream. So Daniel is permitted here to listen in on a conversation between heavenly beings. The exalted heavenly being is hovering above the waters, and he's joined by two others who stand on either bank of the stream. Now, many commentators understand the exalted being as Jesus and the two angels on the banks as Michael and Gabriel. Though, obviously, since they are not specifically named, we should hold those identifications lightly. Verse 6 gives us a summary of the conversation. And someone said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the stream, How long shall it be 
till the end of these wonders. And I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream. He raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times and half a time, and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. So one of the angels asks the exalted heavenly being, who might be Jesus, how long shall it be till the end of these wonders? Now keep in mind that the wonders in view include overlapping realities, near history and far history. So it's a pretty complicated question. And as a result, you get a pretty complicated answer. A time, times, and half a time. You can't exactly set your watch by that, right? Now, at the risk of Omer overwhelming you with citations today, let me quote one more time from the very useful commentary by Tremper Longman III. Basically, my belief is that the deeper you get into apocalyptic visions, the more you should rely on trusted sources. Longman says this. He says, The intention is not to give a precise time period, but rather to indicate that just as wickedness seems to be gaining momentum, it will be slowed and then stopped. Such cessation will happen at a time of great distress, since it will be at the moment when the power of the holy people has been finally broken. Deliverance comes at the most unlikely time, close quote. That seems to be the meaning of the very enigmatic three and a half years, or 42 months, or time, times, and half a time. It means a lengthening of the devil's chain, a brief period of terrible tribulation, followed by a climactic coming which dramatically shatters the power and reach of our enemy. Verse 8 says, I heard, but I did not understand. Then I said, O my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? He said, Go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. Many shall purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. None of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. And from the time that the regular burnt offerings is taken away and the abomination that makes desolate is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and arrives at the 1,335 days. (laughs) So Daniel doesn't understand. No kidding. The angel asked a very complicated question and the exalted being gave a very complicated answer. Poor little old Daniel can't be blamed for not understanding. The exalted being tells Daniel not to worry. Get on with your life. Many will purify themselves, make themselves white, and be refined. That is, many people will respond to these hardships with faith and righteousness. Others shall live futile lives in pursuit of truths and meanings that do not exist. But know this. From when the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Again, this is another way of saying three and a half years or a time, times, and half a time. 1,290 days is 42 months of roughly 30 days, right? So this is just a repetition of what has already been said, but it is now time-stamped to the event that begins the Great Tribulation in Antiochus' day 
as in the final day. Jesus used the same timestamp in his Olivet Discourse. He says in Matthew 24, So when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, in brackets, let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who's on the housetop not go down to take what's in his house. Let the one who's in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. So Jesus time stamps the great tribulation in exactly the same way as the exalting, exalted being does in Daniel chapter 12. He seems to be saying, when these seasons of great tribulation come, both the near future one and the far future one, watch for an arrogant person to commit an act of gross blasphemy and impiety. You will know it when you see it. From that point, mark 1,290 days, a time, times, and half a time. That is the moment when the chain is loosened. That is the moment when the man of sin, the lawless one, the Antichrist, will have a season of unchecked wrath and hostility against the worship and people of God. Run. Head for the hills. Take cover. But also know this, it will not last. His days will be cut short. Just as he appears about to finally triumph, he will be thrown down. This is the moment that the Apostle Paul speaks of in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will kill with the breath of his mouth and bring to nothing by the appearance of his coming. But as for you, Daniel, verse 13 says, go your way till the end, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. You may be here for those days or you may not be. Either way, you need to live your life. You need to fulfill your ministry. Be faithful. Be fruitful. Live, worship, and serve courageously even while you live in a hostile and foreign land. God will watch over you. He is large and in charge, and he knows how to preserve and promote the remnant of his people. Evil will have its day, but it will be cut short. The Lord will return with all his holy angels, and you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of days. Old Testament and new. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, friends, for listening to another episode of Into the Word. If you're interested in additional resources or previous episodes and series, you can find those at intotheword.ca. You can also connect with Pastor Paul and other Bible readers on our Into the Word Facebook page. Just type Into the Word into your search bar. 
If you'd like to contribute to this listener-supported program, go to the website and click the Give bar in the top right-hand corner. Once again, that's intotheword.ca. We hope to see you again real soon right here for another episode of Into the Word.